as she started to read it to me, it transported me right back to the cell that I was in the night before uh, before I came to prison. Snow Files, Season 3, Episode 41, The Bible Story. The mission of the Snow Files podcast is to expose the misconduct of the state's attorney's office under Charles Renard. It is not our intention in any way to disparage the current state's attorney's office or the Bloomington Police Department. It actually took me about two years after Chris was killed for me to return to Braley Pond, at which, I mean, it it took me two years to deal with the grief of this whole event and everything that our family had had to go through. And when I finally went back out there, um, I've only been the one time because it was... Um, I don't really know how to put that in words. And I went in and I just had this overwhelming feeling of negativity. And I went to the actual shore of the pond where he was killed and just felt this violent sense of nausea come on me and a a sense of danger. I felt like I was in danger, that there was something there that was very harmful to me. And then I felt a force push me, like literally, it it was palpable, like as if someone actually had their hands on me and pushed me out of that whole area back to my vehicle and all I could do was just drive away as fast as I could. What Happened at Braley Pond is now available. Download today on your favorite podcast player. Enough to take a picture of it. 
and, and I hope we can find the Bible. But um, yeah, it was it was amazing. I remember that night reading through the Bible, looking for some comfort, looking for some strength. And I was sitting on a chair. We have you have these plastic, like real cheap plastic chairs, and you can set the chair up on your bunk in the county jail and look out the window. I remember that night sitting in the chair, looking out the window onto, uh, I think it's Main Street in Bloomington, and watching the traffic go by and wondering if I would ever see it again. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it's, it's an amazing thing, and and uh, I, I really hope that you guys get something out of it. And I can't wait to hear what people think. This is a pop-up episode of a story we've been working on, but we just got new information. Honestly, Jamie was hesitant to share this. It's very personal. And truth be told, he didn't even remember it until Kim brought it up. But it's brought so much hope to us. We thought it was important to share it with his supporters. Tonight, it's just me, Leslie, and Kim. You may remember Kim from the Facebook Live after the most recent hearing when we shut down the bar across the street from the courthouse. Yeah, that Kim. Kim is also one of Jamie's best friends. They've known each other since childhood. Well, Kim has an amazing story to share, and this is Leslie's first time hearing it, too because we wanted to get her initial reaction recorded. We hope it gives you as much inspiration as it has us. Now, we've asked him to tell the whole story from the beginning, because that's the only way it makes sense in the end. So just hang with us. I promise you won't be disappointed. I've got like goosebumps and I've got like chills and like I'm super excited right now. Awesome. So I definitely can't wait to hear the story. And I'm also wondering, like, if you confronted a witness or if somebody confessed to you. All right. Well, I'm like, I'm like, I'm so lame. I do get like visceral reactions to stuff like this. So I'm super excited. So let's go. Cool. Okay. Well, I just want to say that I am um, excited and honored. I'm honored to be able to be here and to share this story. So um, I have been instructed a couple times now to, again, share it from the beginning. So thank you for bearing with me. All right. So it was Sunday, October 24th, um, a regular old Sunday at my job. Me and my coworker were going through our normal routine. He had the uh, radio on and we're going through doing all of our little prep work and we usually uh, make our tenderloins. We take time out on Sundays to get those done. So we had started that process and I have like an alarm set on my phone to remind me to set my visits up with Jamie. And so I was like, hey man, hold up because I'm going to have this alarm go off in a minute and I don't want to have this egg wash all over my hands. The alarm went off and I did not schedule the visit, FYI. 
I went about the, <laughs> ignored him. The, tender, the tenderloin procedures. So we're going through. You stand there for too long. Your back starts to hurt. So we take a little break. And I'm pulling my gloves off. And he asked me, what's that black band on your wrist? You always have that on. And I said, this black band is for my best friend who is serving life sentence for a crime that he did not commit. He's like, oh, okay. I used to have one. It was for melanoma. Okay, cool. So so we go back and he's tenderizing the Lloyds. I'm dipping them in the egg wash. And I said, you know, I'm sure you probably have heard of the case. His name's Jamie Snow. And he said, oh, didn't they let him out? I was like, no, they did not let him out. And he said, he's in for a college Girl, I said, no, you're thinking Alan Beeman. He's like, right, right. I said, him, they did let out. And Jamie is not out yet. I said, this was for the Clark gas station and it was Bill Little. He's like, right, Bill Little. Susan's son. I said, no, brother. He said, okay, yes, I've heard of it. So cool. We go on about our business and... A little bit later, out of the blue, he says, you know, I got a phone call about a year and a half ago. Someone had found a dresser alongside the road and a box and wanted me to come look at it. And I'm like, "Uh oh, is it the murder weapon? (laughs) I'm like, okay. Or was it... um some like redacted police report. Yeah, <laughs> that would be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Um, no, it was none of those. He said I had to I went and looked at this and uh he said, "Let me see if I still got this picture on my phone." Now, remember this is from like July of 2020 and he pulls up this picture on his phone, sets it down at the end of the table. And says, when you get done cleaning up your station there, take a look at this. And he went upstairs. So I went over to his phone. And I pulled up this picture that he had there. He had told me that when he had got to this person's house, that he opened up this box. And there was a book in this box. And there was an inscription in this book. As soon as I looked at it, I knew exactly whose handwriting it was because I've been seeing this handwriting for way too many years now. And it says, if you don't find justice, I hope you will find peace by reading the word. I couldn't find justice, but I find peace by reading the word. I am innocent of my charges. Pray for me that someday I will find peace and justice together. Good luck to you. And may the Lord walk with you always. Jamie Snow, 5-20-01. This book, my dear friends, is the Holy Bible. And my mind was completely, utterly blown. That is so sweet. I can't believe that. Is that far out? He just you found a Bible in a box. 
in a dresser somebody was junking. <laughs> and it's oh. got your best friend's plea for help. And so from May 2001. Right. And so he, he was takes convicted in January 2001. Okay, so check this out. When when this happened, I told him I said, "Man, I know exactly when that is from." I said he wrote that before they shipped him out. And I said that Bible was in the McLean County Jail. I said, I'll guarantee you that's what's up. And I said, I have a visit with him tomorrow because, as we all know, I set my alarm. And <laughs> that's uh, right. We called you the Monday Visitor Lady on our yeah, podcast. Exactly. The Monday Visitor Lady. But you know what? It was so cool because when that visit came around the next day, I was like, hey, man, check this out. And I'm telling him the story that I just shared with y'all. And uh, I started reading and I got halfway through. He's like, I wrote that. I was like, I know you did, man. And you could say you did, but I could see the handwriting. And you did write that. And he's like, I dated it too, didn't I? And I said, you did. And I told him the date. And he goes, that was the day before they were shipping me out. And he said, I wrote that in there. And I left it on the table for someone else. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could get that Bible? He's like, that Bible doesn't even exist anymore. He's like, I doubt that it's wherever your friend found it, blah, blah, blah. So November 11th, uh, last Thursday, tenderloin time. And he was coming downstairs. He said, you got them tenderloins done yet? I said, no, I haven't even started. Why not? Blah, 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 yada, yada. How about some inspiration? And he put that Bible right down oh at my, my workstation. So on last night's visit, I got to show Jamie the Bible. And as soon as I held it up, he's like, that's it. That's it. And I got to show him the inscription. And I just really feel like this is a message for Jamie that is dark and times are hard. And I know there's times that he just is down and desperate. And here's your sign. This you're, you're heard and you're seen. And it's not just for Jamie. I think it's for all of us, but especially for him. And I think it's a message to him. And, and I think that we need to, everybody just continue to believe in that peace and justice for him. I've been praying peace and justice for him for 22 years and I'll keep it up. And it was a message to himself to not give up, keep that fight going. And to everybody else, you know, you might be weary, but uh, mountains are moving. And I believe that. I, I believe that with my whole heart. And I cannot wait for the day that another inscription is added to this Bible. And it's a, another miraculous story because I feel like this is a miracle. It's a miracle. I mean, for some guy that doesn't even know Jamie and, and I said, he's not guilty of that. And he said, I believe that. Then he said that before he showed me this picture and then to put it in my hands, I just, you know, I'm overwhelmed 
and and I wish y'all could have saw his face when he saw this Bible last night because that grin was from ear to ear and just so authentic. I just really think it's a bright spot that was needed right now. Timing is everything. Well, I, I, I'm telling you, I was blown away. What's so interesting to me is that that was the night before he got shipped out. He, he didn't know. He, he was going away for a life sentence, life without parole. He, he knew he didn't do it. And he didn't even know where he was going. He didn't know if he was going to Stateville or Menard. I mean, they he didn't know. And he's there alone, alone with his thoughts in prayer, right? So it's it's so poignant to me that he wrote those words, you know, not not for an audience or the media, you know, or the press or a reporter or anyone else, but just just he was by himself and in, in solitude and he proclaimed his innocence in a Bible. That just blows me away that that Bible came back to not just anyone could have found that, but a guy that you didn't even know prior and you're landing up in this job and he's from another town, right? He lives in Bloomington now, but um, he's, he's actually uh, born and bred in Leroy, <laughs> um, which is Leroy, where- Leroy, isn't that, where isn't that interesting? <laughs> right, right. Because um, we know the history on, on, on Leroy. Right. For that to come back to him, and now, you know, we're like, Kim's the keeper, the keeper of the Bible, so he gets out till she can hand it to him, because, I, I mean, that is, it's, to me, it's so, uh, it's just like, what the fuck? I mean, it's so weird, like, where, where did that, who took it out of county? Another you know, inmate. Ha- that's my them. biggest question. Who Another did it? Enough? An inmate. Where did it go? Yeah. Possibly. Possibly it was an inmate. Possibly it was, you know, um, oh, my mind has thought of different things. It, it, yeah. It more than likely was an inmate. Was it an inmate that well, believes that say- Jamie's innocent and took it? Because of that, was it one that it spoke to him too? And so he took it out. Was it a CO that got it out of there? I, I mean, I would just love to know. So if that person is listening, I would love to know the reason why you took this out of here. And I'm telling you that this Bible is pristine, as pristine as a McLean County Jail Bible could be. And I think it's been out of that jail for many, many years. And there's no other writings that i can yeah that's see. what i was about to ask there's no other no uh verses are marked or highlighted or anything you know so um it's been tucked so, away so do you know where it was at a curb on a house do you know where it was found i don't know or exactly it? where it was found i just know it was found alongside the curb Someone, was it in blooming yeah it was, it was in bloomington Bloom? it was in bloomington okay yeah. okay that much okay. i do know I saw Jamie two days ago from the time of this recording. I went to go visit him in person and it was the first time I've ever heard him say that he he said, Leslie, I think I'm going to get out of here. I've never heard him say that. He's 
honestly usually saying he thinks he's going to die in there. So that was the first time he said that. We didn't have any food. We didn't have anything to drink. We had some dick COs up in there. And it was just the two of us in a visiting room um, because I went to go see him last minute. I didn't get a good slot. But um, he was happy. And when I left, he didn't stand there and say goodbye to me as I walked up the stairs. He started cleaning the tables because he's um, like a uh, he does gets out of his cell to go to work and he cleans some of the common areas that the COs and the visitors use. Um, it's like a special privilege thing for him. So he just stood up and he got a squirt bottle. He started cleaning our table and I'm leaving and he's like yelling up the stairs to me. He's like, tell Junior I'm going to call him. Tell Ellen I'm going to call her. Okay, love you. Bye. And he's just like, tell... And then he's like, you know, just saying to all these people this stuff, he's not upset or anything. He's just walking around cleaning stuff. And I'm just yelling down the cellar stairs, bye, as I'm going, as I'm leaving. And um, it was such a pleasant visit, a pleasant experience. I was happy. I got in my car and just drove away. And it really felt like I had just seen my friend at Starbucks. And he was happy. And that is honestly the first time... I've left a visit with him like that and where he stayed happy that entire visit. And now peaceful? I know why. Was he peaceful? Yes. He, he, peace? looked, he looked 10 years younger. I swear to God. So his sons have only gotten to see pictures of their dad in like the last 10 years from the newspaper. So when we sent them the pictures of his court hearing with him with the mask and the shackles, I did say to both of them, like, your dad doesn't look like that. Okay. Like your dad looks like 20 pounds lighter. It's the shackles and the shirt. Full. Jamie freaking blouses his shirt. I was like, he blouses his shirt. He doesn't look like that. He doesn't look gaunt under the mask. He doesn't look sad. He doesn't look distressed. He doesn't look like that. And then when I went to go see him, he looked even 10 years younger than I remember him seeing um, Tam, even in that picture that you posted. When you got to go visit him, he looked so much happier, uh, genuinely happy. And he cut his hair and stuff since the court hearing. And when I saw him, he looked so good. He looked like a dude at the bar. He was genuinely happy the whole time. And it all makes sense now. Like he, he knows he's getting out. He doesn't think he's getting out. He knows he's getting out. And this has come at such a poignant time with the hearing for the 8,000 documents with him transferring possibly to another facility. And yeah, this is not coincidental <laughs> at all. This is, it's, it's, it's not coincidental. I mean, people are going to say it is, but it's not. I mean, this is a big what, what are, deal. What are the odds? I mean, right. what are the odds of that Bible landing into a per, you know, a person you don't even know. And he kept a picture for a year and uh, somebody that he knows actually, you know, picked up a dresser. And found it, and then he ended up working there, or you ended up working there with him. It, it just seems so serendipity to me, you right. know. And I'm not a big, you know, a big uh, believer, you know, or anything like that. But you know, I'm just starting to really feel like the um, good energy. Yeah, we need to manifest. We this. need a snowball you know, we need to... effect of peace yeah. and justice. If everybody, every time you even thought about Jamie, you just think to yourself, even, hey, even better, say it out loud. Please, please say it out loud. Peace and justice yeah. for Jamie. Peace and justice for Jamie. It'll take you 
half a second to say that. And yeah. if we can get that out there, you can call it manifest. You can call it snowball. You can call it speak life into prayer. something. You can call it prayer. Let's call it, let's get this man out of there. Let's have a snowball effect. Cause I can just hear him laugh at that right now, loving it. And let's yeah. say peace and justice for this man is high, high pastime. And this is a sign a miraculous sign that it's it's happening it's it's being heard and and just for leslie being able to say that just the way he looks and sounds is so much different this is this is what he needed and and you know what timing is everything and um it shows that what we need can show up at the least expected moment in the least expected way and I did ask him, I was like, man, what made you take that picture? Do you know? And he goes, I really don't know, but I sure didn't think it would be because I was going to meet some chicken work next to her and she was going to know him and this was going to happen. And so, you know what? Maybe it's speaking to him in some sort of way too. I don't know. But what I do know is it has lit a fire and has has sparked a lot of renewed hope. 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 There you renewed go. Hope. There you go. And the other thing is, if anybody thought Jamie was guilty, who's still listening to this podcast, why would the man give himself bad juju and almost curse himself and write in a Bible that he's innocent the night before he goes to a maximum security prison where people stab, stab each other. I mean, I just heard a story from Stateville from his son told me that a guy who walks around prison right now just got out, was transferred from Stateville because he had a young kid as a cellmate and the kid was teasing him that he was going to get out of jail in two days. So the guy smothered him to death with his own pillow and killed him so he could never get out of jail just because he was teasing him. Oh, my so, gosh. So Jamie lives there. And the reason why he told me was because they tried to give that guy a cellmate. And the guy had saved the front page of the newspaper in Illinois where it has this picture on it and shows that he murdered this boy so that he can show it every time they try to give him a roommate. And he can say, you messed up your paperwork. You guys don't believe me. Well, do you believe me now? I killed my last cellmate. That's who Jamie was with. You know, so why would he <laughs> write in a Bible something uh, damning uh, and then go to live with these people? To just further that a little bit, Leslie, Jamie is a believer. He went to Christian school, you know, when he was younger. His mother was very religious. Um, his sisters are believers, Christianity, Jesus, all of that. That's very important to them. And he wouldn't write a lie in a Bible. I mean, that, that would, that, if you're a Christian, especially being alone at night. Um, and you know, what else I thought about was that just what he said that just he was leaving that for somebody else right like, it I, wasn't I for him it was for someone I hope else you're i hope you find peace in this you know and it just you know and i'm i'm not uh religious but it it, it just makes me want to cry because it's so beautiful i did cry it's such a absolutely it's such a beautiful story the fact that it found its way to you 
it's just so important that it found its way to somebody who who just loves him and cares about him, not just anybody. It was, right. It, was it could him. have been. It could have gone to some piece piece of crap who was like, "Oh, well, he's guilty anyways." You know, screw this and rip the page out. And I thought right. you know, of all the people that it could have gone to, and whoever took it out of the county. That's the whoever took it out. Thank you, thank you, whoever you are, because it's they gone set to- it free and they took <laughs> they, care of it. Right. And, and, you know, here we have it. And, and what I got from this is Jamie was saying nothing, absolutely positively nothing was bringing him peace at that time, but he, he was finding peace in this and he knew no matter what, even though he is innocent, he knew what it was going to take to get him through. And I believe he has clung to that. I know that he has clung to that. And, and, you know, that's the thing. Everybody doesn't have to have the same beliefs and stuff to know that this is absolutely, you can't argue with this. The fact that this book ended up in my hands to give back to him, to put an inscription in again is just miraculous. And he was telling that person Look, when the, when you don't have anything else, maybe you'll be like me and you'll find peace. And he was actually also asking them, please just pray for me. Not even knowing who was going to see this, but just putting out there, whoever you are, wherever you're at, just say these words for me. Such a big deal. Such, such a raw inscription. Because you know, you know. Like I said, you know, there wasn't an audience there. So that was coming from himself. That was coming from his true, his 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 inner core. It, to me, it shows me what kind of person Jamie is. You know, he's not a murderer. He's not a, you know, all of these things that everybody says about him. That was his, at the lowest, lowest point in his entire life Uh, you remember the episode where he talked about trying to take pills the end of season one i believe when he was talking about you know how he had all of those pictures of his kids he was looking at never never being able to be with his children never seeing his grandchildren never like going away for something that he didn't do and those were his Raw is the way to say it because, you know, that that's why I keep saying he didn't have an audience. It was raw. It was just raw. And here I am sitting in the middle of the night and I'm getting shipped out tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm going to be there for the rest of my life. And uh, that's him. If it doesn't prove anything else, it proves what his character is. It sure but- does. And he left it. His last words were a blessing to whomever read this. And may the Lord walk with you always. I mean, So, Kim, let me ask you, are you the one who needed peace? Well, you know what? That's funny because Jamie will tell you that he did feel like at that time that he was able to get a message to me because, yeah, I have been going through a bunch of yuck. And um, he was like, you know, I was able to say this to you. Well, wait a minute, and not Kim. Be there. Didn't your dog just die? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a, a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, okay, absolutely. But everybody, how old was your dog? 10. 
And this is the pug that you always held, your daughter yeah, always held up during the boy. visit? Yeah, the pug drive-bys for the visits. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard about this yeah. dog, and I also heard that it died from yeah. Jamie. So yeah. I heard about this dog like a year ago or maybe two years ago. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So if anybody listening could understand the compounded hurt of your dog dying on top of whatever else you're going through, I mean... Right. absolutely yeah yeah and and it was like like uh bubba did make his appearances on on those visits yeah and and it was uh yeah it's it sucks and i told him that i hadn't thought about that actually i just felt it was all for him so when he did that spin i was like oh holy cow and then that made me emotional again but then someone else that he shared this with told him that he definitely believes it was for him. And um, that was the person that he shares his cell with. That's the only other person that he knew. And I imagine that is because he went back and his mind was just freaking blown, you know? So he was like, dude, you won't believe this. So his translation was that, no, man, this is you speaking to yourself. 20 years ago and and I'm I'm kind of inclined to agree with that too. Again, I just feel like he's being told, "Hey, you're seen, you're heard. Keep fighting this fight because your your freedom is is coming. It is coming." Right, and this is on the eve of his lawyers getting the 8,000 missing documents. <laughs> <sighs> When he told me about it, he said that too. He said, I thought it was for Kim. And then he went back to his cell and he told Sally that. And he said, no, that was for you. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me just say, this is the Sally that he hasn't spoken to in like a handful of years that he's mad at. So that are mad at each other. And now they're having this great conversation and the other guy is. They're talking. Yeah, but the other guy is telling him like something so profound like that's yeah awesome yeah so he's so he's telling he's telling him that no that was for you and then then jamie went to uh he was talking to the chaplain and the chaplain said the same thing that it that it was for him so to that end we want to know where this bible has been and who it's touched who took it to the county jail who left it in a dresser in a box you know, all right, because uh, us uh, snowfile bitches just can't stop asking who, 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 who questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, that's how our minds work. It's just like, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm so grateful that I have this. And now, why did you take it out? And who were yeah. you that took it out of there? <laughs> and did you open it and read it? And, you know, are you and a good who witch? killed Bill Little? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Good witch or bad witch? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, so, I, I, I want to know the me. travel. I, I, I want to know the travel of this Bible. I want to know if it has inspired anyone else. I mean, I want to know like where this Bible has been and who it has touched. And if there are other stories about it. So what we would like for you to do is share this story on the McLean County websites, all of those sites where they're looking for stuff and somebody found a class ring and somebody found this and somebody found that. We want to know the travel of this Bible. We want to map it. 
and see not just who took it out of the county jail, but where it went after that. It ended up in a box in a dresser on the side of the road. And then someone picked it up that a year ago, before way before Kim started working at this place. Am I right, Kim? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've only been there for three months. Right. So somebody <laughs> picked it up. Somebody picked it up and then took a picture of it. For some reason, that person told the guy that Kim is working with, well, wow, this is interesting. Took a yeah, picture it's like, of come it check out this it. stuff. <laughs> right. Come check out this stuff that I picked up alongside the curb today. Okay, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to check out this stuff. Oh, I opened up this box and there's this book. And that's what he said. There's this book with this inscription. Okay, but let's recap. It was in a box in, yeah. a, dr- in a dresser. So it was something that somebody cared about. And well, I don't know reason, if it was in a dresser or next okay, to the dresser the on dresser. the curb, but Maybe it was definitely what I'm taken thinking, care of. What I'm thinking is somebody got evicted from their home or somebody left their home and the dresser and the box were put on the curb. That's a good thought. That could be. That could be. Well, what I what I was thinking is that it's very, very rare for someone to throw away a Bible. So I feel like it had to be through people's hands. It could be that that person had it all this time. But it's just so rare. For some, There's something weird about chunking a Bible in the trash. Yeah, I would never do that. I would never throw a Bible away or an American flag and... Even, even if you're not religious yes, or I just don't want patriotic. Bad exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm a good witch, okay? <laughs> so I'm thinking that it that it it has had some travel. I'm just really believing that. It could have been in that person's home that whole time. I mean, we have no idea, but we want to know. I want to know. Yeah, even right. if someone, someone could have taken it out of there and, um, you know, held on to it for all those years or, I mean, just who knows. But there is definitely something powerful uh, about the whole story. Mm-hmm. And with this case being so public, it's just crazy to me. Especially it's now. Found, I, yeah, it was found on the side of the road, even since 2008, since Tara Thompson took over the case, right? So first of all, it's going to be real public at the time that he wrote it, because it was media all over the place. And then he started appealing. And then when uh, the Exoneration Project took the case in 20, 2008, then it was kind of revitalized in the news. So there's always been news about, everybody knows about Jamie Snow case, the Bill Little murder, and all of that. It's strange to me that nobody has said, any. whoever held that Bible has not said anything about that or posted it on social media and said, hey, isn't this weird? Well, you know, whoever got that is free, and that's really cool. Well, I just... we don't know, do we? <laughs> well, or they left. Yeah, they could have left it at property pickup. <laughs> I hope. Well, well, they, I, I mean, they could. They could have been transferred to prison. Or they walked out with it, and it was all that you know. It could have been someone who just was in there for whatever, and it's like, oh, well, I'll just take that with me. Um, and it could just be that someone has had this stash. I mean, I hate to put a negative on this in any way, shape, or form, but the reality of this is, is it could be someone that 
absolutely knew Jamie was innocent, knows Jamie is innocent. And like we have said, you know, um, it's, it's one thing to write a letter saying I'm innocent. It's another thing to put an inscription like this into a Bible and, and, you know, maybe someone's thinking, Hey man, if this cat will put this in here, maybe they don't want this out, you know? Well, too bad. So sad suckers because it's out. (laughs) If that's the case, it is out. And I'm just, I would not call myself religious. I would say I am very, very spiritual. And, um, how about I love Jesus and I cuss a lot. How about that one? Can I say that? Because that would be the truth. And I think there could be a darker story to this. I, I, I don't know, but it's shined a bright light. That I do know. You know, another thing about this is I have I have talked, written uh, Jamie for 11 years, almost 12 now, I guess. <laughs> He's never said a word about it. If, you know, Jamie would be like, I wrote this in this Bible. <laughs> you know, I could, if he was a liar, you know, he would just be like, I read this, this in the Bible. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you've never, you've never said that. He, he said, I, I didn't, I had forgotten all about it. Right. I wrote it and I left. And so there was no ulterior motive. He literally had forgotten about that. That was something that he did on his own for no other reason than to give himself comfort. Right. And we, as a culture, a society, and I think even legally give a lot of credence to deathbed confessions. And I think those hold up in court. And this is kind of like a deathbed confession to me. Like he was being sentenced to Stateville or Menard the next day. He was going, he was on his way out. And that's what he decided to write about was his innocence. He didn't ask for forgiveness. He didn't beg for mercy. He asked for prayer. That is all he asked for. Please pray for me. That's And I hope this goes better for you than it did for me. Yeah. That someday I will find peace and justice together. Good luck to you. And may the Lord walk with you always. I mean, wow. I think he's finding peace and justice is next. Hallelujah. There you go. That's awesome. Together. Yeah. And thank you, Tam and Kim for sticking by Jamie all this time. It's like so nice that, you know, we're able to be on this podcast together, like all united by this and be able to talk about this serendipity moment and to everybody else who is stuck by him and who comes on board and stays on board it's a big thing so we're so happy that we can all be a part of this moment right now when it's the most pivotal and and we hope that you do continue to chant that peace and justice to pray for jamie whatever it is that you believe in shout out to the universe that he deserves peace and justice that bill little deserves peace and justice it's not fair. And whoever you are that did this, it's coming. It's coming. And, and you know, uh, again, for, for Bill's um, family, you know, just for everybody, for the Littles, for the Snows, 
just peace and justice, just those two simple words that we all take for granted all the time. Peace and justice, two little words can make such a big, huge difference and such an impact. And so that truly is my prayer and it will continue to be my prayers. And when Jamie's free, I do hope that we know who did this and peace and justice comes for all. I guess this this story starts all the way back in May of 2001. You know, I was arrested in in September of, of 1999, and uh, I was sentenced in May of, of 2001. And, and, and I, you know, in, in between being arrested and being sentenced and, and leaving the county jail, you know, I was in the most extreme amount of personal distress, I guess, that a person could possibly be under. Being charged with something you didn't do, you know, fighting to, to get representation, fighting to prove your innocence, and the whole time, you know, feeling like you're you're banging up against a concrete wall. And I mean, that's that's what was going on for me. And in May of of two thousand and one, I'd been sentenced, and I was getting ready to leave the the county jail. And you know, I'd spent a lot of time in that almost two year period, you know, reading my Bible looking for strength, trying to find answers, hoping and praying and, and, and begging for a, a miracle. And spent a lot of time in that Bible. So the night before I, I left to go to prison, uh, I was in, you know, an extreme amount of, I had a lot of fear going on. You know, I, was, I knew with the amount of time that I had, I was going to one of three maximum security prisons in Illinois, all of them are bad. The one that I eventually was sent to at one point was considered to be the most violent prison in the in, in the entire country. So you know, I, I had just a lot of going on a lot a lot going on that night and so I just you know, I, I, I wrote my feelings down um, in my in my Bible. Uh, and and uh, I closed uh, the, the, the cover of it and set it on the desk, hoping that the next guy might get some sort of comfort from it. And, you know, I never thought about it again until uh, just recently when uh, my friend Kim <laughs> made this crazy, unbelievable connection and discovery and about a month ago, I woke up and I and, and I feel like maybe this is connected to I me. Mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm in a situation like this. I mean, if you're in prison like this, or maybe if you're sick, or if you're having any sort of personal crisis or whatever, I think maybe you're looking for answers, you know, and and maybe hoping for some sort of a sign or something. And about a month ago, and some of you guys that that, that communicate with me, you you know part of this story, and and that is, you know, I, I woke up. Uh, and I looked at my watch uh, that I have hanging above my bed, and it said 3.03 a.m. So I rolled over and tried to go back to sleep, and I just tossed and turned, and, and I did that for a while, and I looked at my watch again, and it said 3.03 a.m. So I'm like, oh, you know, my, clearly my watch stopped. So I, I reached over, and I turned on my tablet, and I looked 
clock on my tablet, and it had stopped also at exactly 3 or 3 a.m. And neither one of them were connected, right? So I was like, wow, you know, this is really crazy. So there's a chaplain here that I see every day. So I stopped him and was talking to him about it, you know, because I got, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, man, you know, this is, this is weird, you know, this can't be a coincidence, you know. And so we, him and I were talking about it for a minute, and, and, and he mentioned that 303 is the same frontwards and backwards, so it's a palindrome. And he was saying to me, he's like, you know, you, you have to you have to look for look for what it may mean, you know. And he says, you know, maybe it maybe it means, you know, maybe it's saying that your future is your past and your past is your future. And and then, you know, after he tells me this a couple of weeks later, I'm talking to Kim on the phone and she shares with me the other part of this story. And it just blew me away and it still is I'm just like oh my god there's something going on here you know I don't even I, I really don't even uh, um, know how to explain it but you know Kim has been having some some rough times in her life you know and things that are going on in her life and and I I uh, you know I was telling her at, at, at the moment that she was reading this inscription off to me which by the way soon as she began to read it to me, the, the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up because I remembered exactly when I wrote it and where I was. And I was thinking, okay, well, you know what? Maybe as I was writing that, that night in my cell, it was meant for you, you know, in your time, in these times of trials and tribulations that you're having. Maybe that's, that's who it was meant for. And I was, of course, I went back and was talking to the chaplain here, you know, saying, wow, man, you know, I think I might have found out what a palindrome means, you know. And he was like, no. He's like, you you miss it. You, you're, you're missing it completely. He said, you know, you didn't write that for her all those years ago. You wrote it for yourself. And it has come complete, it has made a complete circle and came back to you. Uh, and it just freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, I never even thought about that. But really, I guess I don't know what it, what it means or, or, or who it was for. I, I, I wonder how many other people may have over these years read that and found some sort of inspiration or some sort of comfort off of out of those words, you know, and, and, and I wonder, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe it brings some, you know, some comfort or uh, something good to people moving forward, you know, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, how, what people think, what you guys think about the story, and it, it, it's really, uh, it's really important to me to share it with you guys, and, and we've got so much stuff going on, we've got, you know, finally we get a breaking cord, and I'm believing more and more now than I think I have ever in the last 22 years that maybe it is finally my time to get justice. Anyways, thanks for listening to me, and I hope you guys enjoy the story. And, and look, with all of the um, holidays coming up, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything, I want to wish everybody, you know, a safe and, and happy holidays. Keep me in your thoughts and your prayers.